0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: Hey, it's Dave Marchese. Welcome to the Hack Podcast. And we're back. Been a while between shake-ups, yeah? The first shake-up on Hack of 2023. Welcome to it. If it's your first time that you're getting around this, the idea is pretty simple. We're a bunch of people that get together, dissect the stories this week that have got you talking Here's a bit of a taste of what's coming up. Hack. It's called ChatGPT and it generates instant human-like text.
0: And a phenomenon experts are calling a social jet lag. And
1: now to Dave Marchese's mother country, Italy's top court has ruled that children do not have to go see their grandparents if they do not want to. On Triple J. Is ChatGPT and AI generally going to devour us? Jet lag from doing nothing at all and ditching your grandparents It's a crazy combination on this shake-up and a sick crew to dive in with. First, she's a journalist, a podcaster, but now also an author, Elfie Scott. Hello. Ooh,
0: hi, how are you going? How do you like
1: that? Yeah, it's
0: pretty fancy actually, love it.
1: You've got a book out and there's a lot of buzz around this at the moment. I've been seeing heaps. It's called The One Thing We've Never Spoken About. Can you wrap the whole book up in one sentence, do you reckon? No, that's why I wrote a book about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But basically it is about the experiences of people who live with complex mental health conditions in Australia. It's like some heavy stuff
1: but really important conversations. It's something I want to dive into a bit more. You know, I've got to be honest with you, I haven't read the book. I could pretend now and say, (laughs) you know, having read the blurb, be like, oh, let's get into an in-depth interview, Elfie, but I'm not going to do that because that's not the journalistic skill that we require now. So, Elfie, we're going to be back um, to you with that one when I've read the book and I know a bit more about (laughs) it. Please, that'd
0: be lovely.
1: Another mate on the shake-up, he's the top court reporter at Sydney's Daily Telegraph, Barry Muffin, what's up? Hello, Dave
2: Marcheezy. <laughs> it are is you? it
1: is Perry Duffin. Now what was your book called? The one that you published?
2: Um <laughs> I'm still getting to it. It's basically just rants that I've sent into radio stations. <laughs> oh, um, okay. A lot of accusations, conspiracy theories, that sort of thing. Well none of those
1: today. Thanks. We want to stay on air. We're almost <laughs> taken off before, but we want to stay on for the entirety of this slot. It's time to get into it. There is a lot to chat about. Let's go.
0: Hack. Chat GPT can do everything from producing sophisticated computer code to writing academic papers.
1: On Triple Jack. I know what you're all thinking. When is Dave going to be replaced with a bot? And, hey, it could be sooner than you think. It could be right around the corner. All this attention on ChatGPT has reignited the AI debate. We love to talk about it, love to bitch about it. It's getting smarter, more accessible and harder to detect. So, are you ready? As we step into the future, AI technology is rapidly changing the way we live our lives. From smart homes to self-driving cars, artificial intelligence is increasingly becoming integrated into our daily lives. Yeah, I have a confession to make. I didn't write that intro.
2: My training data is based on a diverse range of internet text, allowing me to generate human-like responses to a variety of questions on a wide range of topics.
0: And finally, to some sci-fi
2: to launch the new year. Is ChatGPT a jobs killer? It's called ChatGPT, and it generates instant human-like text.
0: ChatGPT can do everything from producing sophisticated computer code to writing academic papers. I really contest the idea that We just have to get on with contending with this new
1: technology that's been foisted upon us. I'm Triple J. Everyone's blowing up about ChatGPT. you know, when we covered it earlier this week, heaps of you told us, this is sick, you're getting around it, it's making your life so much easier. If you've given it a go, I want to hear from you. Like, tell me your craziest AI story. What's it done for you that's helped you out a lot? Or are you feeling the threat from this? fully at work and stuff. You're like, I don't like where this is heading. My job's not looking too good. You can chat to us one three hundred o triple five three six. You can send a message as well o four three nine seven five seven triple five. People are already sending in messages. Someone says Dave is already a bot. He was the inspiration for Blade Runner. Thanks so much for that, Reese. Really appreciate it. You are listening to the Shake Up. I'm Dave Marchese and I'm having a good old chat with podcaster, author Elfie Scott, and court reporter Perry Duffin. Hey Perry, something tells me that Chat GPT is Something that's going to be right up your alley,
2: mate. It's it, my friends don't want me to talk about it anymore.
1: Oh, you've been going on about it? Yeah, I have, like, <laughs>
2: constantly. I think my girlfriend's getting a bit jealous as well. She's like, "Stop talking to that goddamn robot." <laughs> but I saw her using it the other day. It's addictive. What was it she is. using it for? Just having a little? Having she a little was go? just testing it out, just seeing how well it can do do writing. Like everyone else, you just you look at it and you don't even know what to start asking it. It's kind of funny that you're so obsessed with it when.
1: If you think about it, Perry, like, surely this AI is going to be able to just... Go to court and bang out a few news stories or take all the information. Like, maybe
2: you should be feeling a bit threatened at this stage. Honestly, a trained monkey could do my job. So let's <laughs> <laughs> not worry about no,
1: AI. Not. It's
2: overqualified. Just kidding. Just kidding.
1: <laughs> hey, Elfie, what are your thoughts on this one?
0: Hi. Um. Do I have thoughts on this one? It's kind of just like a fun novelty at the moment. Have right? you checked
1: it out yourself?
0: Yeah. I actually asked it to say something nice about you just before I came in. Shut do you want to hear what it had to say? <laughs> so. It said something very nice about you. It said that you captivate listeners with your insightful commentary and humour. And then I asked it to say something mean about you and it refused. So there you go.
1: Stop it. All yeah. right. Well, we know that it is sentient and this is <laughs> and fully a very you. intelligent technology that we must respect. I don't know. Writing a book, Elfie, this could help you massively when you think about it. And I'm not talking about, oh, write me a whole book about mental health and it just like, you know, chugs the whole thing out, but I'm talking about giving you some inspiration because some of the experts are saying that's what it's useful for. If you've got writer's block, for instance, and you're like, how do I start this or what are some ideas I can throw around? It can push out some sentences that maybe might help you.
0: Totally. I don't think that it will write like a full essay for you, but what it gives you is like a basic structure and kind of jumping blocks. So maybe that is helpful, but I guess the worry is that if you rely on it too much, are you going to lose your ability to be creative? I okay. don't know. Yeah, maybe.
1: And it could, you know, like when GPSs became a thing or whatever, and then they said that our sense of direction really went downhill. I mean, I'd rely on it all the time. I must admit, my I'm no good with direction, and I blame the GPS. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with me. Um, we've got some messages coming through. Um, and also, like, important to remember, when we talked about this earlier this week, experts were saying you know, it's something that's going to be taking over all parts of our lives. And, like, he compared it to the invention of the smartphone, said that's how big it was. Um, We've got some messages. Someone says, We all knew it was coming. First, it was factory workers. Now it's academic. Soon, the world. Another person Daniel from Launceston in Tasmania says, news reporters will be in trouble soon. Yes, that is what we're <laughs> worried about.
0: News, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the media was booming before that. What are
1: you talking about? it was in good times, right? <laughs> um, let's go to a caller. Wes is on the line. Hey, Wes, what are you reckon about all this AI? Oh, mate, it's going to take over the world. I got a friend, one of my friends, he lives in America and he's got a a small uh, hydraulics business, and he's already said that he could um, replace five staff. He's got 10 or 15 staff. He can replace pretty much half of his staff oh. just with doing doing this chat GPT. Like, he... he, he it on there and it does the, everything else that his staff are doing that he's paying for. So it's unreal. Crazy. What it it's only the first version too. It's only the first version of it. So. Yeah, well, it's only going to get better, isn't it? Hey, Wes, thanks so much for that. That's so crazy that people are already thinking about the impact in that big of a way. You know, it's now reached ChatGPT 100 million users. So in a couple of months, it's reached that milestone. Now, I want to put that into perspective. By comparison, it took TikTok nine months after its launch to reach that, it took Instagram more than two years. So Chat GPT is now the fastest-growing consumer internet app ever, which is wild. is wild. We've yeah. got, and I, maybe people don't realise that it's that big, but everyone's using it or trying it out for something.
2: I don't know. Would you have loved this at school, Perry? I really would have. <laughs> 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 but I, there's, there's heaps of guys that I went to school with who are brilliantly smart, but they're not perhaps the most confident writers. And I actually see ChatGPT as a good way for people like that to not have to worry that they're not great writers. All of a sudden, they can actually express themselves pretty well through it. So I actually think it's it's good for school because not everyone's born to write.
1: Well, yeah. and on the other side as well, when we spoke about it earlier this week, we had some messages from teachers who said, yeah, a lot of teachers are freaking out about banning it and students using it for plagiarism or the rest of it. But they said it can help us with lesson planning. And we know how overworked teachers are at the moment, really struggling to get everything done um, and just don't have the resources. So there was one good example of how people are using it. Claudia in Sydney says, my partner used chat AI to write his wedding vows the other day. The worst bit was that it was quite good. (laughs) (laughs) And that matches up with someone who um, wrote to us earlier this week and said, yeah, her husband used it to write a love letter and it was the best that he'd ever written. Someone else says, my business... Business uses it for customer reply emails. So generic and easy. Eric from Melbourne, I work in database infrastructure and ChatGPT has an incredible depth of expertise. It can refine code, write code with basic instruction, translate code from a different language. There's so much there. Elfie, is there anything that you would love AI to be able to just do for you? Like, is there any one thing in particular that you're like, if I could offload this task, I'd be all about AI just coming in and taking over?
0: Honestly, like replying to emails, (laughs) I see it as being super useful. Like that stuff just takes over your life. I'm done with it. Honestly, just just let chat... Like, chat GBT, take it over, I don't care.
1: Exactly. All those annoying chat, um, message exchanges with people where you're doing admin, kind of trying to set up a time to meet or whatever you like. Just yeah. let the bot do it, right? Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: You sent me a link to something
2: pretty funny today, Perry. Yeah. What, what was that? Well, it was actually found by Elfie's boyfriend. It's a Seinfeld-created oh, AI. Right. So it's an episode of Seinfeld that runs forever and it's being written and animated by... I think, one or two AIs at the same time.
0: I love how you read messages from my boyfriend in the group chat, but I do not. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: he's really interesting. Give him a chance. Okay? <laughs> no, it's amazing. It looks like it's animated. Alfie's letting chat GPT. Deal with that. <laughs>
0: Sorry,
2: Evan. No, It looks like it's animated on like a school computer from the 90s, but it is amazing and it's funny. It's got jokes in it and everything. That's crazy to think that we've got to this point
1: um, already. We've got so many more messages coming through. Someone says, I have a PhD and brain-inspired AI. While ChatGPT is incredibly effective, it's only as good as its training data and the prompts of the people using it. It isn't even close to being intelligent itself. Another person says, how long till ChatGPT writing articles slamming Triple J presenters for Daily Mail? Yeah, that could be around the corner. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Those ones come out like clockwork, right? (laughs) Someone else writing up my thesis just got less intimidating. And another person says, no disrespect to this generation as all generations have strived to make life easier, but how far is too far? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't know. And do you do you think it's a good thing that, um, you know, schools are out there on the front foot banning it in different jurisdictions and things like that, Elfie?
0: Yeah, look, I think that it's important to get on top of plagiarism, but I also know that chat GPT isn't actually that great for communicating information. Like it's not super accurate when it comes to just like basic information. So I think that like it's useful for creative things, but when kids are trying to like put together essays from books and things like that. It's not going to be really helpful anyway right now.
1: Do you reckon it will change the way that teachers and lecturers and stuff mark work? Like instead of being the answer to the question it will be more about showing how you got there and the thought process behind it I don't know do you think that
2: it's going to have to shift Perry the way that we deal with those things it it has to I mean the the take home write the essay thing that's got to go you know in the same way that just sort of take home and do multiplications surely has has waned since everyone's got a phone and a calculator and things like that like there's been so many changes over the last few years with Google and everything like surely you would have to be willing to adapt if you're going to teach kids now that this thing is here so you two like what do you think about technology in general what do you think about technology <laughs>
1: yes or no like the wheel onwards <laughs> <laughs> i like a, it. it was a great invention um no but you know like some people really freak out and they get a bit overwhelmed by it mm-hmm. a lot of people do they're like i don't like to think about this or whatever or others get really excited do you where do you sit elfie
0: um, I think let chat GPT take over all of our jobs, give us universal basic income and just feed me gruel until I die. <laughs> That's
2: where I'm at. <laughs> a pretty nice answer. Barry? <laughs> I'm not worried about it at all. I'm excited for it. You know, it's just, it, it. you can just write anything into it and it just gives you a response. You know, like I, it was writing recipes for me the other day. They were horrible, but that might be, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was I could probably do a good gruel recipe, oh, actually, Elfie. Surely Thank that's you. not too hard. It's just like
1: put a bunch of just mush into a pot. Yeah, <laughs> grey and water. <laughs> that's pretty much yum, all yum. it is. Got a lot of messages coming through. Someone says, My school is embracing ChatGPT because we can't stop students using it at home. So why not work together in a school setting and use it for the good? That kind of goes to your point, Perry. Another person says, It'll just become another research tool if it can get the facts right. Heaps of comments on this one. It is something I suspect we will talk about again on The shakeup and Hack. Time to move on, though. Hack.
0: We call that in sleep medicine a uh, social jet lag on Triple
1: J. Jet lag is the worst. Honestly, the only good thing about not travelling during COVID, I think it's fair to say, was not dealing with jet lag because it can mess you up for days, weeks, months even. People just struggle to break these cycles. Did you know, though, that you could still get jet lag even if you don't go anywhere? A lot of us are dealing with this all of the time, and it is messing us up. Hack. The average person needs seven to eight hours of sleep every night. But with our busy lives, we're not always able to get that kind of sleep.
0: Some people think that if
2: you've been out late, you know, to, to sleep later, but then that ends up being kind of like a, a, social, a social jet lag.
1: It's like going across two or three different time zones. and So their body has to constantly readjust to the shifts that they are creating in themselves of going to sleep at a later hour and getting up at a later hour and then trying to reverse that. Body clocks are essentially driven by obligations like work at school, while social clocks measure extra. Activity. All of us, uh, in fact half the country has and suffers from social jet lag. That's where they have a certain time, they go to bed at night during the week and get up in the morning and then come the weekend and they partake On Triple J. Social jet lag, you know what I'm talking about. You catch up a bit too much sleep on your days off, it messes with you, throws you out for the next week. A mismatch between your body clock and the outside world. You don't know what you're doing. Do you struggle with this a lot? I know a lot of shift workers are going to be feeling this heavily. It's going to be hitting like your weekend constantly screwing you up. How do you deal with it? Call in one three hundred O triple five three six. You can message in to 043975755. Let's ask the Shake Up crew. With me on the panel journos, Elfie Scott and Perry Duffin. Hey, Elfie, I feel like someone who has just written a book. I keep bringing it up, but I'm sorry. I'm just so <laughs> impressed. Um, probably riding at all hours, right? Was your body clock all over the place or were you pretty good at keeping things under control?
0: I am good at keeping things under control because I can't work for more than like five hours a day. I'm okay. a huge baby. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I honestly nap every day in the afternoon at like... Two
2: o'clock. Well, the ex- <laughs> what about you, Perry? You big napper? No, I actually make it right through the entire day awake. Somehow, <laughs> yeah, <like an> adult. <laughs> so That's yeah, interesting. No. Right.
1: Okay. <laughs> Betty, Betty time now. Um, yeah. What about you? You work standard hours, do you, Perry? Like nine to five? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just,
2: um, but I, I do get social jet lag, I think. I didn't realise there was a word for it until we decided to talk about it. Well, just it. quickly, what do we think of the word?
1: Like, because I, I brought this up with a few colleagues earlier and they're like, oh, so social jet lag, you mean... Tired. like yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm why is
0: it called social as well?
1: Well, like... it's because like if you on the weekends, if you're going out with your friends and you're out till all hours, and then you kind of then you sleep in all day, and then it throws you out Whoa, that kind of thing, I
0: right? See, I see.
1: So Perry, you didn't know there was a name for it, but then you started to deep it a bit. And what did you think?
2: It's one of those words that you hear it and you're like, oh, this can explain away some of my crappy behaviour. So I'm really oh, happy. <laughs> a <laughs> perfect excuse. <laughs> exactly. Finally. Thank you, doctor. <laughs> And so, as soon as they're just like, oh yeah, you can get too tired from socializing, and sometimes you just don't want to see people, even when they're your friends that you love. You're like, oh yeah, I get that. You know, do like,
1: your days off mess with you a lot though? Like, do you find every time you go back to work on the Monday or whenever it is that you struggle to get back into your normal routine?
2: Oh, definitely. You know, I, I always sort of feel a bit resentful sometimes that like you've worked a full five days and then by the weekend you just totally need to collapse. You know, and you're like, this is my time, and I don't. I want to just recover by the time I go back to work on Monday, mm-hmm. you know, but some Saturday mornings, I'm exhausted sometimes. <laughs> Someone on the text line, pretty sure my body clock was designed by Salvador Dali.
1: <laughs> 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 Bit of surrealism in there. Someone else says, 3am starts, 4 on, 2 off, 12 hour shifts, get a 30 minute nap in on my break, lol, my weekends, I always set an alarm for 6am, don't want to sleep in too much, wow. Jeez. So you're committed to it. That's, I mean, and it's the smartest thing to do according to this research someone else night shift and shift work has been shown to be bad for someone's health for ages that's true and the long-term impacts of this social jet lag they're saying the longer it continues it has heaps of impacts like it can you know cardiovascular disease heart disease even cancer big metabolic events it increases your risk of type 2 diabetes so these are really serious issues that we got to think about apparently we can fall into three categories right you're either a lark Someone who wakes up early and goes to sleep early. A dove, you wake up and go to sleep at moderate times, or an owl, you go to sleep late and wake up late. And studies have showed that there's like genes that will predispose people to be a morning type or an evening type.
2: Which are you, Perry, do you think? Oh, I'm easily an owl. Really? Easily. As soon as I get enough time on holidays, my brain just starts to shift and I'm three AM awake every night playing Xbox and watching World War Two documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh like, god. It's like <laughs> it. It's a really cool He's a combine. fun guy. It's yeah, exactly. really disturbing Honestly, insight. No, it's fine. It's fine. I think I'd, I think
1: I'd fine, rather hang out makes. with chat GPT. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's what my body does naturally. And then it's only because of work that I have like normal human hours. No, nah,
1: I'm a bit the same. Elfie, what about you? Are you a morning person?
0: I'm neither. I'm a slug. <laughs> if there was a fourth category for people who just sleep 12 hours a day, that's me. Do
1: either of you battle with like your partner being of different? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That yeah. would be huge, right? If oh, you're yeah, if yeah. you're a morning person, they're a night owl. What a nightmare to deal with that! How do you how do you cope?
2: Um, I just sort of I think my girlfriend likes when it's early in the morning and she's ready to go with the day, and the light just pierces through and starts to burn into my brain, and <laughs> I get so like unconscious and mad. <laughs>
0: But for her, she's
2: like, good, you're awake, now we can do things, (laughs) you know. Whereas for her, she goes to sleep at any time and it's fine. But, you know, I don't know. I just, I think it's probably better that I wake up early to actually do stuff. Otherwise, I'd just sleep the day away. That's She's true. encouraging
0: you to be like a healthy human being, yeah. you realise.
2: Take away my World War Two documentaries. <laughs> not, <laughs> not,
1: not my ones. On one. You won't. Elfie, what about you? Is there conflict about what time you should be getting up in your household?
0: Uh Well, I am somebody who sleeps a lot. My partner is somebody who has insomnia. Mm. So we have Present. actually <laughs> taken to splitting sleeping recently. Not like all the time, but he sleeps on the sofa bed okay. and I sleep in the bed and that's how we work our schedules well, right now.
1: hey, and the expectations experts are saying you got to do what works for you. You know another, this came up a lot during the Australian Open recently right? Because a lot of those matches finish well after midnight and then the players by the time they get back, they're going to bed, let's say after 5am. Yeah, they have a rest day but they've already eaten into it and then they're struggling to like you know, sort themselves out they're jet lagged the whole next day they have to turn up to perform after that or training or whatever and Andy Murray said finishing matches at 4 in the morning is not good for players and he said he'd argue it's not good for the sport or anyone involved in it so ball kids officials spectators anyone and experts have also been predicting which of um, which big competitions will do well in so they've said Australia won't do well at the Olympics in Paris but you know, did well at the Olympics in Tokyo because of the time differences Ah. and apparently there's a lot of science to it. So do you reckon we should be changing the way we operate in society, Perry, to get us into a healthier, you know, situation
2: with our bodies? Maybe we should have like a night shift and a day shift for all of society. Maybe we could just Mm. split it in two, you know. There could be, you know, half the people are night people, half the people are morning people. I just want to be able to live my true self, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't like that things shut at like 10 o'clock. Okay, true. things open all night.
1: Nah, fair enough. I mean, and should there be a duty of care on employers, do you reckon, Elfie?
0: Yeah, I reckon that. You're like, I'm
1: self-employed
0: and (laughs) yes. (laughs) exactly. I should treat myself to a
1: little nap more often. Conditions are good in your (laughs) workplace. I know, come over. Conditions are really good.
0: (laughs) I reckon, like, there should at least be some work flexibility around it, right? Like, if somebody works better from 11am, why not just let them work those hours instead? Also, give people nap rooms. Let them have a little
2: (laughs) ham. (laughs) This is your one political position. Yeah,
0: honestly, this is my platform. (laughs) A little nap. Hey, (laughs) someone
1: who's not agreeing with um, you guys, they say, for F's sake, everyone's becoming too soft. Think of our grandparents, what they went through, wars and depressions. I it's know all called it. It. <laughs> <laughs> I watched the
2: documentaries I've
1: seen. It. Perry's watching all the <laughs> yeah. World War II tacos. He knows what they're about. It was difficult. Hey, we've got a lot of mixed opinions. Time to move on, though. Hack. Italy's top court has ruled that children are under no obligation to see grandparents if they do not wish to. On Triple J. Yeah, what about that? That feeling when you're a kid of being forced to go visit a relative you really didn't want to spend time with. You gotta do it. That's what they all say. You gotta do it. You gotta visit those grandparents, the great uncles, the aunties. Or do you? Because Italy's top court has ruled, no, kids are under no obligation to visit their grandparents and they can't be forced to do it. It comes, it's pretty complicated after a big, long legal battle that stretched out over years. Another court had previously said that these kids had to spend time with their grandparents, even though there was a bit of a family feud happening. There was an appeal. They argued against it. They won. I want to know, though, what do you think? Should kids be forced to see their grandparents or other people if they don't want to? What's Who's the one person you're forced to to make time for, but you hate it. Let me know, 0439757555. That to start some family feuds on Hack Today. (laughs) Cannot wait. Elfie Scott, Perry Duffin. Elfie, what do you make of this?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's really interesting. I think that families are complicated and kids shouldn't be forced to do anything, basically. If they don't have a good relationship with their grandparents or other relatives, why should they be forced to go and hang out with them?
1: What do you think, Perry? Is it something, though, that the kids might regret later on? It's like, at the time, you want to play you know, whatever you want to do, watch your World War Two yeah, docos. Exactly. Just normal kids Just normal kids stuff. <laughs> um, hang out on chat GPT. <laughs> but, you know, in a few years later, maybe when your grandparents are no longer there, you're like, oh, I wish I'd done that.
2: I had a great uh, relationship with my grandparents, so I sort of can't imagine, but I know that it, there's a lot of people who have challenges for families that you just wouldn't want to be around certain people. But I just... Am, Amazed at how much of an Italian court idea this is. <laughs> yes. As 30, soon as I, I saw know. it, like I hadn't read where it was. I was yeah, like, I, was like I know what's going on here. You know, it takes 30 years to prosecute a mafia guy, but if you don't want to see your name, you're in court right now. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and there's
0: only like an Italian grandma who would take it to the yeah, supreme court.
2: Exactly, <laughs> you knew
1: it was Nonna. You knew it was gonna be her <laughs> really come pushing this. Um, well, you know what I think they should outlaw? I think they should, you know, stop kids from having to do the awkward phone conversations. Oh. So I think they're worse. Mm. The ones around holiday times where it's like, get on the phone and then there's, you know, so you can't hear the older person. <laughs> like, what, darling? I got to be. I don't know. How do you deal with awkward situations in the family? I don't want to throw any of you under the bus, but, like, is there something that... if Are you someone who just grits your teeth and like deals with it or are you uh, like you'll challenge people on their points and hold them to account, Elfie?
0: Well, I'm half British so what we do is we never <laughs> talk about conflict and then we swallow it and then we die. Nice. So oh,
2: sounds healthy. That's
0: like the best method I've heard.
2: Okay. Perry, thoughts? Um, You know, I, I think I take the path of least resistance. I'm one of those people who can nod through the most heinous thing you've ever heard. Just like, hmm, yes, yeah, very interesting. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, <laughs> excuse myself. I don't know. I, I have no reason to make my life more difficult by trying to convince some uncle or whatever that they're wrong, you know? Mm. That's fair
1: enough. That's fair enough. Some people are messaging in. Someone says, if kids are under 18, they should do as they're told. That was from Adam. Well, this court found children over the age of 12 are capable of discerning whether they want to maintain a relationship with their grandparents and they can't be forced to do so. (laughs) A lot of people are messaging in about Parents in laws. What have you done, (laughs) Dave? (laughs) That's a big one. (laughs) The mother-in-law, I'm Name forced names. to see her every... Hey, Steve, we can, we're can reading this out. I'm forced to see her every Saturday, Sunday morning. The wife doesn't even appreciate it. Oh, no. Um, Sorry, Steve. sad. Which is the worst, <laughs> a worst thing, I reckon. You know, if you're going to be put through all of that trauma, you want people to be... At least a little praise, a little treat, maybe. Hey, yeah. backing you up. A little nap. A little
2: cake.
0: A little
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd cake. be good. That'd be a nice. nap and a
0: cake. Yeah.
1: Look, you know, it's that time of the week on Friday where we wrap up the shake-up and I thank you both for being a brilliant shake-up panel. Author Elfie Scott her book's out now. It's called The One Thing We've Never Spoken About. Elfie, are we keen to dive more into this once I've read the book?
0: Yes, uh, please read the book and also thank you for mentioning it because my publisher will be so stoked with me.
1: <laughs> I'm mentioning it because I've heard really good reviews and it's an important topic so we'll be diving into that. Chief Court Reporter at Sydney's Daily Telegraph, Perry Duffin, thank you so much. Mate, thank you for having me as always. That's good. To kick off the shake-up for 2023 with a really good panel. Strong we have, start. A yeah, strong yeah. start. Got a message coming through on the grandparents. I was forced to speak to my grandma on the phone when I was really little. I think it's contributed to my anxiety, to my adulthood of being on the phone. Oh, my Jeez, gosh. Mama. Yeah, wow. Um, that really that really got hectic. I'm sorry to hear that. Huge shout-out to the hard-working hat crew over the past week, executive producer Claire Bloomer, senior producer Serge Nikas, our reporters, Shalala Medora, April McLennan, Angel Parsons, Kimberly Price... Jack Gao and Nathan Nicodula, And a huge thanks to Angie McCormack for helping out this week as well. Hack on Triple J. Huge thanks again to our Shake Up crew. And that's all we've got time for on Hack for this week. We're going to be back with you for next week. Have a great weekend. I'll catch you then.